Welcome to the Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack, and on this week's show, I'll ask Paul Blanchard about the damage limitation PR he had to do when his own PR company made the news for all the wrong reasons. The podcasts that inspire Bildo and Lindelin from Wine Chats. Discover the podcast with its own bespoke artwork for every episode. And my special guests are two radio legends, Ali McKay and Gene Bean Baxter. It's always fun when friends that you have separately get to meet each other. This is really fun for me because I have this whole long relationship with Graham and this whole long relationship with Ali. And now I feel like you guys know each other. And it's just it's fun to especially in COVID times. It's so nice to be able to expand our bubble a little bit and invite a few more people in, even if it's only virtually. Yeah, it's so nice to meet you, Ali. It's so good. I mean, I've listened to you on the podcast. You sound great. The podcast is called A Cup of Tea and a Chat. And I even brought a cup of tea, if that helps. So at least we've got the cup of art. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> who's a trashy American? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am. Uh, I'm Diet myself Dew, right now, Graham, because I had the opportunity to hold up a a branded cup. We have merch. You have merch. The cu- yes. The cup, cup of tea, and a chat teacups are very, very popular. And like an idiot, I didn't pour my tea in that. I could have held it up right now. <laughs> okay. So just to let you know who we're talking to, oh, Gene so Bean Baxter is a Radio Hall of Famer. He ruled the airwaves in Los Angeles for almost 30 years on the world-famous K-Rock with Kevin in the show Kevin and Bean. Ali Mack has done all sorts of things. Actress, TV presenter on KTLA. She also joined Bean and Kevin on the Kevin and Bean show, and now she joined Bean for a cup of tea and a chat, and she joins us now. I am so glad that you included actress in Ali's CV because I want her to tell you about some of her great work that she's done, including playing Perky Presenter in a Paul Feig film, which I think is really her greatest cinema highlight. (laughs) It was my breakout role. Thank you, Bean, for mentioning that. Um, Yeah, Perky Presenter was what I was called in the credits. And I was up on a screen in a movie called Unaccompanied Minors, where these kids wind up stranded at an airport. It's the first year their parents have gotten a divorce, so they have to fly during Christmas to one of the parents' house. Big snowstorm ensues. I don't have to tell you how it ends. And I didn't work with anyone. I was literally just up on a TV screen, and that was it. But I get a check every Christmas. (laughs) That concludes my movie roles. Thank you for bringing it. (laughs) Not a problem, Ali. More from Ali and Bean soon when we hear about making the transition from broadcasting to podcasting. The Pod 20 is heard on podcast radio on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester, Birmingham and Glasgow, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now and at number 20, Cautionary Tales with Tim Hartford. Stories of awful human error, tragic catastrophes, daring heists and hilarious fiascos. 19. Sips, Suds and Smokes. Everything good in life is worth discussing. Wine, tea, coffee, whiskey, beer, cigars, barbecue, people whose first names start with a Q, ex-Amish, the state of Alabama, roadkill and Canadians. At 18. Covid Confidential. Laura Koonsberg presents a special BBC News podcast looking back at the past 12 months of the COVID crisis in the UK and how decisions were made at the heart of government. 17. Wine Chats with Bildo and Lindelin. 
What podcasts inspire you? The one that when we first started this whole thing, and because I never even listened to podcasts when we started this, um, Girls Gotta Eat. I just started to look for some podcasts and they're, I don't even know, are, are they American? I think they're American. They're American, yeah. 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 Um, they're just two fun girls. I don't know. Google them. Girls Gotta Eat. Basically us, but younger right. <laughs> and American. <laughs> and it's called they Girls Gotta help. Eat. Girls yes. Gotta Eat, yeah. Yes. Um, I don't even really, I don't really listen to them, to be honest. I just like their vibe and the whole, like we follow them on Insta and stuff like that. Um, They kind of stand out because they remind me of you and I having fun. But do you know who actually really got me into Mm. like loving podcasts? It was My Favourite Murder. Mm. And I don't know if you've heard of them. They're an American podcast as well. It sounds like a true crime podcast. It is a true crime podcast, but they are just so hilarious. And I kind of found that eventually I didn't even want to hear about the the crime bit because it was so it was almost triggering after a while you listen to you know every episode and about these people getting so brutally murdered and they're oh. so open about it so i actually just just listen to the first bit where they would just chat about their lives <laughs> like talk <laughs> about the stuff that happened to them and they have this cat called elvis and he meows every once in a while oh. and yeah i know i don't okay. like cats but i, I like elvis and so i just i think they are the ones who kind of got me into it but i guess now that we're in it like something like shameless podcast as yeah. well which is a very popular australian podcast um, again, two young girls just talking about, yeah. you know, just current events and, and you know, interviews with, with just people, I guess, who, who would interest us, you know, as, yeah. as women and as, I guess, Australians and, you know, whatnot. So those girls are amazing. Um, and then obviously we've got a few podcasts like, you know, the Matt and Alex show. They're the oh, guys there. Are, you know, Matt O'Kine is a good friend of ours. He's a comedian and he started a podcast um, here as well. And he used to be on the radio. It was him and his friend who do, did a breakfast show together. Um, and then they just started their own podcast about a year ago. And um, so we love them. I just think yeah. we kind of love the guys who are open and funny, who yeah. are just kind of easy to listen to. And and genuine yeah. like, relationships. Like, because yeah. we obviously were good friends or whatever. And just to get along, right? Mm. That you can sit down and just listen to them and laugh and go, oh, yeah, they're cool. And actually yeah. then follow on with their little like in jokes. I think that's what mm. kind of starts to happen when you listen to somebody, like to listen to a podcast where people are actually friends. You start to kind yeah. of feel in with them. And yeah. I would yeah. hope part that that's what Yeah, you're part yeah. of the tribe. Yeah. 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 When, when, when I listen, I hear, I don't, I don't hear that many Australian podcasts, but I, I hear, and this is maybe an old reference for you because these guys may have been and gone and had their moment, but I hear like a, 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 f- a female version of like Hamish and Andy, I, I hear. Yes. Or, a, or, a, a, or a female yes. dirty version of Hamish and Andy. Honestly, yes. remember? We, when we first started doing this, yeah. we kept tagging them in everything and referencing, saying, we want to be the female version of Hamish and Andy. You did, no oh, right. We're the, yeah, yes. we're like the Hamish and Andy with yep. vaginas, remember that? <laughs> yes. Can we say vaginas? It's a technical term. Yes, it's, 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 it's a scientific yeah. term. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. did yeah. they so respond? Did they help out? Did they? Did they retweet? No. And- no. <laughs> Thanks, Hamish. Thanks, Andy. Whatever. Yeah. You yeah. guys, <laughs> look at us now, Hamish and Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are they? Okay. Are they on YouTube right now, though? With us, you know, are they on podcast radio? Ask the question. No. You know, no, they're probably shooting one of their TV shows, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but are they happy? It's Wine Chats from Bildo and Lindelin, and it's at number 17 this week on the pod 20. At 16, Anatomy of Murder, a murder case has many layers, the victim, the crime, and the investigation. To truly understand it, you need to dissect each piece of a tragic puzzle. 
15. Sideways. Matthew Syed shares some surprising revelations that show us why life isn't always as it seems. 14. Desert Island Discs. Lauren Laverne's latest castaway to take eight tracks, a book and a luxury is the award-winning writer Maggie O'Farrell. 13. A cup of tea and a chat with Ali and Bean. You two were part of the show Kevin and Bean on K-Rock in Los Angeles for almost 30 years. And I used to listen to you when I first got into radio in 1993. I was on the air at a tiny Australian radio station called 2PK Parks in New South Wales. And this was way before you could listen to internet radio, so I signed up to a thing that you'll probably remember being called California Air Check. Sure, yeah. A guy called George Jernak used to record American radio shows and telescope the air checks, meaning he cut all the songs out, or as my wife is concerned, cut all the good bits out. And, <laughs> and then I would listen to them, uh, and often the ones they would send me were Kevin and Bean uh, on the world-famous K-Rock. So to actually be... Like on the air with you now is is a real kick. So yeah, you've never told me that's you've never that's, told me that story before because I couldn't that's, pick up any Los Angeles radio stations in Australia. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I was a you know colossal radio geek, as you know. I spent a lot of money buying stuff from California Air Checks my own self, especially to hear disc jockeys in places like Los Angeles that were so far away from where I live. Because remember, kids, pre-internet, there was no way to get this stuff Just otherwise. No way. Yeah. You know, and I used to fly when I would go someplace on vacation, if I'd go to Chicago for a week or something like that, I'd be running back and forth to the hotel every 90 minutes to turn over or put in another cassette so that I could just continue rolling tape on as much radio as I could get while I was in that city to listen to when I got back home. I mean, that's just, that's all, that's the only thing we had back then. So yeah, you that's, just, that's yeah. so cool, Graham. I'd now, when you mentioned parks, yeah, is is that the place where the big uh, satellite dishes? That is where the TV pictures of Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. They came through the dish in parks. There's a great Australian movie called The Dish, if you ever get to see it, which is set in parks in 1969. But parks is exactly the nice. same. The parks I lived and worked in was exactly right down to the mayor being exactly the same as in that movie. Yeah. Look how well, excited Bean is. To I'm talk so about excited because space. that's the only reason that's the only reason I know of Parks is because of the dish yeah. is one of my favorite movies of all time. Parks I, is exactly I, like that. Nine and a half. Have you seen it, Allie? Have you seen the dish? You brought this up on Kevin and Bean, and then uh -huh. I pretended the whole time you were talking about the movie Soap Dish, and you got so <laughs> mad at me. Do you remember that? You're like, leave me alone. Stop talking about stupid stuff. Uh, it's a great film. It's, it's a town of nine and a half thousand people. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a market of 33,000 people. And although the market oh. only has 33,000 people, the market is the size of Wales. <laughs> that's oh Australia. Oh gosh. Yeah. Interesting. That's Australia wow. for you. Yeah. Have you done more radio in England or more radio in Australia? More in the UK. I, I okay. started in 93 in Australia and I left Australia in 97. I worked for three stations. I worked for 2PK. Then I went to South Australia, different state uh, at 5SC Mount Gambia, did breakfast there, and then ended up on the East Coast, just north of Sydney, the Central Coast, uh, worked at 2GO, and then came to the UK in 97. So most of my- Did you ever think about uh, moving back to Australia once they beat the COVID and they've been wide open down there for like six months already? Well, I nearly went there, uh, uh, you know, just before the, the lockdown and everything. Uh, my wife and I went to New Zealand because Julie's from New Zealand and uh, we were due to go to Sydney on the way home and we weren't allowed in 
because of the the restrictions. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if I'd go. In, you know, it's a, it's a great country, Australia. It's great, but you've travelled around too, haven't you? Been you 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 were born in the UK, but then what? How old were you when you went to the USA? Fifteen. I was only fifteen when we when we well. Technically, I lived there earlier than that because we lived in Hawaii for a few years. My dad was in the service. He was a U.S. Navy officer, and he met what his family from North Carolina referred to as his war bride when he met and married my mother here in London. And uh, they want. lived all over all over the world like people in the service do. We lived in the Philippines, and we lived in Spain, and we lived in Hawaii. And eventually, he retired and went to work for the Department of Defense in the Washington, D.C. area. So that was really my first mainland U.S. experience. And that's where I got started in radio and lived until I moved west in the late 80s. The late 80s. You didn't get to K-Rock till what, about 1990? 1990. That's right. Yeah. we Kevin and I started on January 2nd, 1990. We kicked off the uh, the decade with a new job. And then I, uh, I left there in November of 2019. So just a few weeks short of exactly 30 years. Incredible achievement, Bean. A cup of tea and a chat with Ali and Bean is at number 13 this week. More from them soon. At number 12, Feel Better, Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. Dark historical tales of mysterious creatures, tragic events and unusual places that fill the pages of history. Because sometimes the truth is more frightening than fiction. Number 10, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. The latest episodes include discussions on violence against women, female orgasms in films and the royal family's plans to appoint a diversity czar. Number 9, Equal Parts with Maria Passingham. This is a podcast where couples tell the stories of how they met. And each story has bespoke artwork, Maria. Tell me about that then. So I guess this was another thing that I sort of slightly lifted from another podcast. That's fine. um, Criminal do have have a a piece of original artwork for every episode. Um, Although it's always created by the same person, I believe. And I wanted to... I mean, there's several reasons. Firstly, I think because I because I keep some level of distance from the couples, you know, I don't share photos of them on social media or whatever. They're just kind of these figures in the podcast. So I didn't want to, I wanted to be able to post about them and use something interesting visually that, that didn't have to mean a photograph. So it's useful for that. But also I think it's just really, it just adds a really lovely like texture to the story when someone's interpretation that is only from the audio. <laughs> I'm not explaining this very well. So I, I do an edit and, and I find an illustrator who I think the style kind of matches the story. Maybe that's because the the palette they use kind of represents the landscape or maybe it's because um, it's really joyful and, and the story is like super, super upbeat. You know, something, some, I get some kind of good vibe. <laughs> and, um, and I just send them the audio and they... Uh, just come up with whatever. I don't prescribe them anything. They come up with whatever they want, whatever it speaks to them. And um, I just love them all. (laughs) And I think that it's a lovely present for the couple when the episode comes out to see how their story has been interpreted. And, you know, maybe they look wildly different to how they actually look in real life, but I don't really care about that. Uh, and, And it's also just lovely for listeners who have no idea what the couple look like to have some kind of representation i suppose or, or visualization yeah no it is really nice we really like our one yeah and i love your one <laughs> what what 
surprised me was Julie said to me, because you didn't find me, you found Julie. You had no yeah. idea I was hosting a, a podcast radio <laughs> countdown no show. This was just pure fluke. Julie yeah. said to me, she said, we've been asked to go on a podcast and talk about how we met. And I went, well, we've got a good meeting story, so that might be fun. Yeah, so right. say yes. How did you find us and how do you find couples? <laughs> yeah, that was so bizarre. Um, I So season one I used, you know, it was a bit of an experiment and I didn't know how the, how the season was going to play out. So I essentially just used the people immediately around me. I used friends, I used family, I used colleagues. Um and then when you realize you've done a number of those, you've kind of used up everyone who has an interesting story, is prepared to talk about it, has the time to talk about it. So um, I kind of had to expand. So season two is is nearly all strangers to me. There are a couple of people that I do know. Um, and it's honestly social media because people love to talk about how they met their partners. And so I just use I search for hashtags I search for phrases and then I you know sort of just reach out to a lot of people and, and see who who bites um and sometimes I know a lot about the story sometimes people write a long post and sometimes they just say I think Julie's post was very limited I think it was just like we've been together this long we met on the dance floor at a wedding or something I thought oh that could be interesting so then you know even talking to you it's, I don't even know what I'm going to get, <laughs> and, which is great, actually. But it's a great podcast. They are lovely podcasts and all varied and so well put together by you, Maria. It's Equal Parts. It's at number nine this week on the pod 20. At number eight, Comedy Gold Minds with Kevin Hart. The latest episode features Cedric the Entertainer. At seven, Shrine of Duty the podcast about the latest season of Line of Duty. Number six, that Peter Crouch podcast. Peter Crouch, Tom Fordyce and Chris Stark bring you their guide to being a professional footballer. The top five coming up, but before we get there, let's check back in with my special guests this week, Ali and Bean from A Cup of Tea and a Chat with Ali and Bean. You two were major parts of the Kevin and Bean show on the world-famous K-Rock in Los Angeles, a show that was on the air for almost 30 years. Do you have a highlight from that time? You know, there, there were so many great moments of just pinch me, I can't believe I get to do this. You're standing in a room the size of this tiny room that I'm in right now and Metallica is playing in front of you. I mean, those sorts of things just feel like I, I, I've won the lottery, right? But I think ultimately, I'm going to piggyback on what Ali said. It's really the sense of uh, the sense of community that you get from the listeners. Radio, as you know, Graham, you've done it a long time. It's just such a deeply personal and intimate medium. And uh, it's just so unbelievably gratifying. It's it's easy to be in a room talking to your friends or be in a room as I have been most of my career by myself in a room and just talking into the ether. But once you realize that your words are being heard and they are affecting people, it's, it's just magic. It's absolutely magic. And, you know, when Allie and I started this podcast, we had no idea if anyone would care I mean, uh, she'd been off the radio for six months. I'd been off the radio for, I don't know how long it was, 10 months, nine months, wherever it was. And, um, you know, we we had no expectations. We didn't know if we were going to get 30 subscribers or 300 subscribers. 
we certainly didn't expect to, to get over 5,000 subscribers within the first couple of months. I mean, honestly, it just, it absolutely just blew us away. And we get messages all the time from people who tell us that we are really a significant part of their week. And it's just a tremendous honor. It really is not, it's not something we ever take for granted. And now more than ever, because, you know, they're paying our salaries, you know, we work for them. This is even another step beyond, hello, hello. What's happening? You guys hear that? <laughs> I just had an idea. Yeah. It's me having an idea. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing when you're working at a radio station and somebody else is paying you to entertain the, the masses, but now our listeners are paying us to entertain them. So it even just even feels more intimate than it ever has. And it's just, uh, you can't, I, I, I'm not even doing a sufficient job of explaining how, how meaningful it is to us and how deeply we, we are grateful for it, but uh, it's really special. It's really, really special. And, you know, at this time in my life, there are a lot of people who, uh, you know, who aren't working, who can't, especially in our industry, you know, uh, radio in the UK and radio in the US has shed, what would you estimate, Graham? More than 50% of its yeah, people in the last few years, right? Yeah. 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 So the fact that the fact that we're able to do anything, still get to get up and just make each other laugh and it, and it, it falls on ears of people who enjoy it. We're just super grateful for it. And it's only three days a week. Is what? What's the reason for that? <laughs> well, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. When we started this podcast, we didn't have any expectations, but we also wanted to figure, we also, every decision that we made, we just had to make it up, just decide on something. So we thought that would be a good way to start and see how it felt. We felt like five days a week seemed like a lot of work. Um, for folks who haven't heard our show, it's, uh, it's, there's, it's very production heavy. There's a, there's a lot of audio. There are a lot of segments. We talk to our listeners. We have phone calls. We have a bunch of stuff that's going on and it's time consuming to put that together. And I think we'd rather do, it ends up being about three and a half hours of content a week. I think we'd rather do it three days a week and, and have the time to spend on it to make it really good than do five and have it feel bloated or not be prepared for it. So that we started it three days a week just to see how it felt. And I think I think I speak for Ali when I say it feels about right. It seems like that's that's yeah. where we need to be. I love the three days a week for all the reasons that being said, but also I feel like with more days, anybody that falls behind starts to there's like this anxiety that happens like, oh, no, I'm behind in the podcast. Uh, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. And we have found even when we put out a bonus podcast, because for uh, a couple of the different tiers that we have, we do a bonus podcast each month. When we put that out, people are like, too much content. You got to slow down. <laughs> too it's much funny. content. I, okay. I, I went to one of those uh, radio seminars uh, in the US. Well, I can't remember. It was mm -hmm. a talk show boot camp or a morning show boot camp or one of those. And they had a guy from Arbitron there and he was looking at the information they were getting from the people meters. And they found that the P1s to a morning show in the US, they don't listen every day, which for radio people is kind of shocking. And they only listen to about three shows a week anyway. <laughs> so yeah. I think you Yeah, I think three, was, three right. was the right choice for sure. And we put out one now um, on streaming which is like a sampler of the show that we do on Patreon. We put one out a week on streaming, so it, it technically can be four shows a week. Yeah. The podcast is called A Cup of Tea and a Chat with Ali and Bean. Into the top five now, and at number five, Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. Number four, Shagged, Married, Annoyed. 
The only way Rosie and Chris Ramsey can have a conversation without being interrupted by a toddler or ending up staring at their phones is by doing a podcast. Number three, Media Masters with the PR guru Paul Blanchard. Often PR is about reputational damage control. And you found yourself having to defend your own company's reputation last July after an article in the Daily Mail. Oh, yes. Uh, this was, well, do you want to talk about that? I mean, what, what I read about it online when I was researching you was that they said they'd found leaked emails from your PR company that were kind of uh, saying that people could pay money to get on the honours list. I mean, what is the truth in, in, in the story there? So I have to be careful because I can't discuss um, a lot of that for legal reasons. I've okay, signed NDAs. Okay. No, no, I'm more than yeah. happy to discuss it. Yeah. But um, I have to be very careful because I've signed NDA with with clients and there's there's litigation, even a police investigation going on to the people that stole those uh, emails and data right, from me. Right. But, but it, even as the article makes clear, it doesn't actually say – I mean, it's a, the old – thing of reading the headline it does actually say in the article that they're not alleging that we did anything dishonest illegal or immoral no what we do what we do for our clients is we optimize their case so that if they do want an honor and that's perfectly legitimate Uh, you know i mean it's not illegal and in fact they featured four other companies in the article itself yeah to be that so uh, so yeah but again it's, this is the problem, isn't it, in PR, is that, you know, why would I expect anyone to, to read right through to paragraph 14? I mean, I, I wouldn't do that for someone else. So, yeah. you know, I'm not going to hold anyone else to a higher standard than I want to hold myself. So, I mean, this is the, this is the problem, of course, with uh, social media, of course, and the, the tyranny of the minorities, it's called now, is it doesn't doesn't really, um, you know, you've, you've really got to act quick with these things and decide whether you want to um, give, give that oxygen. So I chose not to comment on that in mm-hmm. terms of social media for the, for the simple reason of what's called the Streisand effect, which is, you know, the, the mere act of denial and the mere act of engaging with it um, can actually m- make the story bigger. Yeah, but- I, I mean, I'm more than happy if the government want to change the rules. I mean, yeah. I, I act within the law, then I'm all for that. But the problem that you have is so many, so many jobs within the civil service and indeed the royals, they get honours automatically. It's, a lot yeah. of them aren't earned and just because your local lollipop lady gets an mba which to be fair i'm sure she deserves doesn't it doesn't mean that you know lots of high court judges chief executives of global businesses don't get mbes cbs and so on it's part of the 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 way that government work and 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 the problem is that we're, we're slightly tinkering with it at the sides based on this sort of rose tinted view of what the honors system is and and so many you know people are um you know, optimizing their, their case for it. And it's perfectly legal. If it became, if it became illegal, then no one would do it. But let's, let's be clear. No one is suggesting and not even the Daily Mail that the honors committee that decides these things is, is anything other than independent and just receives applications and nominations, checks them out, does their due diligence and then decides themselves whether, you know, checks the truth of claims. So in, in a sense, it's a bit like, you know, if you apply for a visa, there's often companies that will make sure that you've ticked all the right boxes and, you know, done everything else to, to optimize your case. They would never say you've got to lie to uh, obtain the visa, nor lie by omission. But, it, you know, it's about putting your best case forward. So that that's what we do. And I, I would say that it's neither immoral or illegal. I mean, it's certainly not illegal. But if so, if, if the government want to say that these things are going to be outlawed, then so be it. Of course, we then wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's Media Masters. It's with the PR guru, Paul Blanchard. And it's at number three this week on the pod 20. At number two, Obsessed With. It's a TV companion podcast where celebrity superfans 
take a forensic look at some of the biggest phenomena on the small screen. The latest episode is Obsessed with Line of Duty. And at number one... All the best and worst with Mr. and Mrs. Hinch. Join Sophie and Jamie as they give exclusive access behind the doors of Hinch House. That's it for episode 48 of the Pod 20. Thanks to this week's guest pod stars, Ali McKay, Jean Bean Baxter, Bildo and Lindelin, Maria Passingham and Paul Blanchard. Next week, my special guest is from Absolute Radio. It's Richie Firth, travel hacker. I'm here with my trusty assistant, Chris. You'll have heard him on the Bugle podcasts. Hi, Rich. Thanks for coming. Thanks for your enthusiasm. We're just about to get on a very, very busy tube. You'll have heard us pull into the station. Millions of people do this every day, but why do they do it? So for this series, and for you, I have literally travelled by land, by sea, by sky, by plane, by train, by automobile, by overground, underground, wombling free. And this is free for you to listen to, so do. Richie Firth, travel hacker, my special guest, next week on The Pod 20. If you'd like to watch extended video chats with my guests, check them out on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will all the best and worst with Mr. and Mrs. Hinch still be at the top of the chart? Will your favourite podcast be at number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.